Welcome once again to the Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. Thank you for joining us today as we're going to bring you a series of messages to encourage you to do what God wants every believer to do, and that is to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who do not know him. Do you care enough to share? Do you know that God has made you a minister of reconciliation? Do you know when to share, where to share, and how to share? Well, listen to these messages as we're going to encourage the body of Christ to get busy because the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. Now join us today as we go into the Word of God and see what the Word is sharing with us about how to be effective in reaching others for Jesus Christ. Grab a hold of your Bibles and repeat after me. Say, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for my teaching, for my correction, for my rebuking, for my training in righteousness, so that I may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Today's church is confronted by a seemingly endless variety of ministry methods and strategies and styles. I've gone to church growth conferences and ministry conferences to teach us how to grow our congregations. Some argue that the church should agitate for social and political change. That's what we ought to do. We ought to be out there on the forefront of social change and political change. Others insist that the church's message should be inoffensive, upbeat, and affirming so that we can create a positive atmosphere in which non-believers can feel welcome and not threatened. We call it seeker-friendly. Some churches have gone so far that you can uh, order your food in the church cafe and bring it into the sanctuary and eat and drink while the service is going on so you can feel comfortable and accepted. Still, others believe their church's primary task is to defend their theological distinctives that makes them different from other denominations. So when you come here, you're going to hear what makes us different and why everybody else is wrong and we are right. There is no confusion in the scriptures about what the church's mission is to be. And the church's mission in Scripture is to reach others for Christ. You can call it evangelism or whatever you like, but the mission of the church is to reach others. The passage that we've been looking at in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 clearly articulates the heart and soul of the church's responsibility as it represents Jesus Christ to the world. God has called all believers, especially pastors, but not only pastors, but all believers, to proclaim the message of reconciliation. And that's a term that appears at least four times in our text scripture in chapter 5 that we're going to look at. But before I go much further, I'm going to talk about this message of reconciliation, a word that we don't use that much in our society. 
is used in a negative term. You hear it sometime in divorce. They say we have irreconcilable differences. I mean, we can't come together. Irreconcilable. But I want you to know what that word reconcile means. Reconcile means to restore friendly relations between others, two people normally, or two. It means to settle one differences. It means to make peace. It means to come together, to coexist in harmony, to reunite, to bring back together, to restore, to make one account consistent with another when we talk in terms of finances, to take one account and make it consistent, to make it agree with another. If you uh, reconcile your checking account, I know you don't do that anymore. We just call in and see how much money we got left. But those who are meticulous about their financial affairs will reconcile. We were mentioning yesterday that in our church's accounting, we reconcile every month all of our financial statements with our bank statement, with our bookkeeping system. We reconcile to the penny so that we know exactly what we have. Well, the good news of the gospel is this, that the sin-devastated relationship between lost sinners and the Almighty God can be restored. That's the gospel. The man and woman and child who is motivated by, controlled by, and have that sin nature in us can be restored in harmony and fellowship with God. Now, to some, that seems like that's impossible, but God's perfect, infinite justice demands punishment of all who violate his law and his command. But standing before his court are helpless, guilty sinners, unable to satisfy God or to change their condition. We can't do that on our own. But through God's plan of reconciliation, all the hostility, all the the animosity, all the alienation from God vanishes when we accept what God has already done for us. How many know that he sent his only son that we can come back to him again? The assignment that is given to us to deliver the message of reconciliation is the most important duty in the world. Let me just say that again. The assignment that he's given to us to deliver the message of reconciliation is the most important duty for us in the world since it deals with the eternal destination of every man, woman, and child. Uh, Listen, when all is said and done, and when all is over, there's only going to be whether or not you are saved or unsaved. There's only going to be one, there's only going to be two kinds of people. When we stand before the judgment, it's not going to be rich or poor, It's not going to be what race you are, what nationality you are, what class you are, what school you come into, whether you live in Fifth Ward or not. It don't matter. Are you saved or unsaved? 
And if that is going to be the thing that uh, we are judged on, every person is going to have to stand before God with that decision. And if you are saved, you're going to live a life of eternity with the Lord. And if you are unsaved, you are going to hell. So the gospel of reconciliation was the heart of Paul's preaching. This is what he said in Romans 1 chapter uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 14, I am obligated both to the Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. He says, I'm obligated. That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you in Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's Paul talking. He said, I am not ashamed. And he want us to say the same thing. Come on, let's just practice one time. Say, I'm not ashamed. Come on, even if you are ashamed, say, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he says. Why? Because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed of what I'm telling them because in the gospel has the power to save and the power to change men's lives. Paul was the one who recognized and received that gospel, that power when he was on his road to Damascus. He said, I know what that power can do. It changed my life from a persecutor to a preacher. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for the gospel has the power of salvation for everyone who believes, for first for the Jews, then for the Gentiles. Then Paul gives us uh, a comprehensive statement on how God has made this reconciliation possible. So in our text in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, he says, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So the first thing I want you to do is realize who the us are. The us are we. We are the us. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself and through Christ gave us the ministry. That was a good point to say amen right in there. Right in there. You missed a good spot. He gave us the ministry. When I first came to the Lord, and you know how it is when you first come to the Lord, you're so excited. You want God to do something in your life, and you go to church, you see the preachers, you see the teachers, you see the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, you see all these. Lord, I want to I wanna minister. Didn't you say that? And that's when you first got saved. Now, you've been saved too long now. You ain't thinking about it. But remember when you first got saved, when you were excited, you wanted to do something for God? Oh, some of y'all don't even remember that. How long ago that been? Well, here's what you do for God. He said he gave us the ministry. I used to be kind of intimidated. Well, why? They seem to be so uh, holy, and I don't seem to have that same uh, uh, holiness in my life look like. You know, they seem to be so anointed. They seem to be so gifted. They seem like God's using them. He don't want to use me. Well, you know, he gave all of us the ministry of reconciliation. But I want to start with this phrase. It says, all this is from God. All this 
points back to verses seven, verses 14 through 17, which describe the total transformation that takes place at our conversion. Now, I'm, I'm, only, I'm only going to be talking to the people of, in the next few moments who are saved. So if you're not saved, this is not for you because you, you didn't do this. But if you were saved, you had a you had a, a, a transformation in your life. You had a conversion in your life. If you are saved, something changed in your life when you came to Christ. And if you say you have come to Christ and nothing has changed, I got news for you. Nothing's changed. You might end up in that line that who Jesus spoke to the group of folks and said, why are you calling me Lord, Lord? And you didn't do anything that I say. That's at the judgment. You say, Lord, I went to church on Sunday. Yeah, I know you went to church. But why are you calling me Lord? Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We, we healed the sick. We did all that. Jesus said, listen, get away from me. I don't even know you. I never have known you. You don't want to be in that line. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thanks again for listening to us as we have brought the Word of God to you. We have been focusing on engaging the believer to rise up and do what Jesus Christ has called us to do, and that is to be a witness every day in every place that we are. The Holy Spirit has empowered the believers and will come alongside of us as we are obedient to Him and reach others with the gospel. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message as well as previous messages that you've heard aired on this station. You can also visit us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Now I want to give you a special invitation to be my guest for the rest of this month. We are sharing messages on God's grace to help us through troubled times. We're living in some very troubled times with high inflation and high gas prices. You go to the grocery store and you just can't believe how much things are costing. Well, God is not caught off guard and he's made a way for his people to prosper even in a pandemic or downturn economy. Join us every Sunday this month and we're going to be sharing that message with you that will encourage you that God is able All we have to do is believe his promises and then commit to obey. Join us for our Sunday services at 10 a.m. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road. We'd love to have you come and be our guest. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.